Hi, and welcome to Seasonal, where we interview chefs, farmers, and food critics to highlight local cuisine and explore how it differs from season to season. I'm your host, Maria Tripodis, a registered dietitian, founder of Rebel Nutrition, and a complete food nerd. In this space, I hope to link together the local restaurant scene and farming landscape by speaking with the individuals who bring it all together. Join me on today's episode as I get to know some of Miami's favorite farm and culinary experts to pick their brains about what fuels their fire. And without further ado, let's get seasonal. Hey, beautiful people. I hope everyone is enjoying their week that seemed to just fly by, well, for me at least. And I hope everyone is still staying sane and making it a point to reach out to their loved ones and check in on them because Lord knows everyone's going through it right now. And sometimes just a simple little check-in text can make someone's day. I know it definitely does for me. Okay, so now my long-anticipated weekly fermentation update. Get excited. So I did do a sourdough bake this week, and as you guys might remember, last week it was a complete disaster, and I was so upset. So the stakes were high this week, the pressure was on. Um, So this week I also made the loaves at my parents' house, which they keep, like I said, at 81 degrees, super hot. So I kept the dough in the refrigerator during both of the proofs for the initial proof and the final proof and just wanted to see what would happen and they came out beautifully. I was so excited. It was for sure my second best outcome. My first being my number one being from two weeks ago. That was just like untouchable, but they were delicious. They were perfectly proofed. The crust was beautiful and crunchy and a deep dark brown. Um, Super good. So as far as my kombucha, I haven't made kombucha in the past two weeks, but this week I'm going to make some and I'm really excited because I'm going to Homestead this weekend to pick up some tropical fruit that I'm very excited to taste because I haven't tasted all of them. There's some that I've been really just looking forward to trying. So I'm going to flavor my kombuchas with um, some of that tropical fruit. So I'm really excited about that. I'll let you guys know how that turns out um, next week. But anyway, as you guys all know by now, or hopefully by now, it's mango season, the most happiest time of the year. And on today's episode, we have Tiago Campbell of Mango Men Homestead joining us. And I can't wait to talk all things mangoes with him. I'm so excited to talk to him and just ask him about all the different varieties and about mango season. And I want to have him answer all my burning questions about mangoes. So let's get to chatting with Tiago. Today we have Tiago Campbell of Mango Men Homestead joining us. And they are our area's mango experts and are here to talk to us about the excitement and joys of mango season, what we can be expecting this year, and why we should be taking advantage of this beautiful time. So thank you so much, Tiago, for joining us today. No problem. Thank you for having me. Of course. So can you just start off by telling us a bit of the history of Mango Men and 
what is it that you guys all do? Yeah, of course. So originally my dad, Richard Campbell, Dr. Richard Campbell used to work for Fairchild and he used to be the curator of tropical fruit and then the director of horticulture. So I basically grew up surrounded by mangoes. My grandpa also worked on mangoes and in about 2013 or 2014, we, we live at the house behind my grandparents' house. And so when they both passed away, we bought the house and we turned the yard into our mango orchard. And that's where we have all our trees. And yeah, so I want to say we started in 2014 and originally then it was called the B.A. Campbell Estate for Beverly Ann Campbell named after my grandmother. And then I don't know exactly when we transitioned to Mango Man Homestead, but I think it was when we started having fruit production and actually selling fruit. Because I think originally the B.A. Campbell estate was just in memoriam and the idea of the estate. But once we started getting production, we wanted to name ourselves something more relevant. So we did Mango Man Homestead. And now we're basically pretty close to full production. We're on about three quarters to one acre and we have approximately 250 trees but that changes a lot because we'll keep finding new spaces to put trees removing ones that aren't working that well for us and replacing them with newer varieties that are more exciting and people are more into at the moment so now you've expanded beyond the estate so you're you have different like areas and homestead that you guys grow no it's actually still all in our two properties oh wow so it must be big then it must be huge yeah wow that's amazing we have a lot of trees and we'll try to sneak trees in everywhere so we have a natural (laughs) hammock area too and we'll put them all along the line of that and put them in between other big trees anywhere where there's some sort of space we'll try to put a mango tree tree. Yeah. I'm sure it's beautiful too. Yeah, yeah. We actually had a um, music video filmed here last week. So What? Yeah. Oh my god. For, for a reggae artist. That's awesome. Wait, I want to watch that. Um, that's really cool. And especially now, I'm sure it's beautiful with all the mangoes and all the different colors. Yeah, definitely. There um if you want, I don't know when it's going to come out. The music video, the song has been out, but it's mango by king lion oh it's called mango yeah the song's name is mango and the artist is king lion okay i'll keep an eye out (laughs) i love that he's a he's a miami guy no he actually i think he's situated in atlanta but he was in orlando at the time so they drove down from orlando oh my gosh that's super cool wow yeah okay so can you tell us when mango season is here in south florida yeah so mango season is kind of variable every year depending on how the cold goes because since mango bloom is triggered by cold it kind of depends on that we've had years where we get mangoes in march and this year i think our first mangoes came in i think we opened like the last week of april and then it'll go on based on the varieties, usually until about July, a tiny bit into August. But there are certain ones that can even produce into September. There are certain ones that can go that long, but we try to stay away from that. We'll stay more early to mid-season because usually in July, we like to 
pack up and go fishing in the Bahamas. So. Oh my goodness, that's the life. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So. Okay, I heard that this year, the yield has been kind of weak compared to prior years. So is that true? Yeah, this year it's been an interesting year. The problem was because it was so hot during springtime, we actually got the the early season fruit were kind of pushed back two weeks, but then most of the mid-season fruit came early. And they're all about one to two weeks early, at least where we're situated here in Homestead. Our orange sherbets, which is our best mango, that usually comes in in June, middle of June. But we have it now. We actually started getting them like a couple turning last week. Oh, okay. And um, this is a random question, but why is it that, like, I think it was in I don't even know like February maybe may or maybe even January I was driving and I saw a mango tree like loaded with mangoes like big mangoes that were almost ready it was like a random time it was it was probably like January or something and I was like just so confused so what does that ha- like how does that even happen it's just some can just be random like that uh, yeah, it's possible. It's really based on the weather conditions and the moon cycles. Oh, so okay. I don't have the exact information. My dad would probably be mad that I don't know this by memory, but <laughs> I think it's on waning or on the waxing cycle. I think it's waning, but don't quote me on that. And then when it's cold, that's the best way to trigger bloom and also when it's dry. So if you do get the conditions for that, you could get mangoes coming early. But since we're so far down south, we won't really get cold until November, some years, December or January. Like this year, we started getting bloom. I think it was middle of December around there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So our winters determine how the yield is, what the yield is going to look like in the summer. Yes. And also, also the, the biggest thing is it being dry. So the biggest problem with this past year was that it was a rainy Mm -hmm. winter, at least down here. So we had a lot of mango trees not bloom because it was still wet. And that was why we had a lot of fruit not set. Oh, I see. Okay. So, so around that time in the winter, are you guys kind of able to predict the yield or like, are you... Like in the winter, are you guys saying like, oh, I don't think it's going to be a good yield this year? Or are you able to predict it like that? Or it's it's more sporadic? Usually we'll make our final predictions by February, sometimes even into March, depending on, again, when we get cold spells. Because this year we got a lot of late cold Mm -hmm. in February and March. And so we had a lot of flowering at that time and we'll have those fruit. So we can usually draw pretty, we're pretty worried, you know, in January with not much happening, but luckily February and March were a little more forgiving. And um, also I was told that the, do you guys think that the hurricane, like Hurricane Irma, like you were still reaping the effects from Irma? Like is, is our yield still affected by that even though it was three years ago? Oh yeah, 100%. For us, definitely. Because since our trees, we like to keep ours maximum 15 feet tall. 
Mm-hmm. And so we had a lot of trees knocked over during Hurricane Irma because they were still new trees. And so uh... when they got knocked over, we propped them up. And the biggest problem with the way we did it was that since we're growing our trees in an old Bahamian style, we have sinkholes all around and we don't fill in anything. We'll plant the trees on top of the rock, right? Because the soil down here where we are is about three inches of soil and then limestone a mile down. So a lot of people get augers and drill holes and plant the trees in there. But we don't like to do that. We like to perch them on top and have the roots go into holes and grab on. And that'll work once the trees are old enough so that they withstand hurricanes. But with them being so young, they got knocked over. And then we propped them back up. And then there were air pockets all under the trees. And so we're still trying to fill those in, you know, getting a wrecking bar and punching in them and filling them up with soil. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Why do you guys? not like to drill the holes is it bad for the environment well i mean yes in the sense that it's not you're kind of changing the geology around there and stuff like that yeah yeah yeah. you're changing that but it's more that we think it's not that great to grow the mango trees in the holes because once they reach the bottom of the hole the roots have nowhere to go they're not gonna go and They'll break some rock and go into the rock. Oh, they're not. Yeah, yeah they can't go. But any not further. that far. And so there's a lot of problems yeah. with them sitting there. And in our experience, to get the best tasting mangoes, you grow them hot, dry, without irrigation, and you don't give them a lot of nutrition. And that's how you get wow. the best flavor. You don't always get the best yield with that, but they taste better. So that's what we try to do with wow. our food. That and why is that if you don't? give them as much is it because they're kind of having to work harder on their own yeah well if you have more yield the mango will have more fruit that it has to put sugar into and produce sugar to transfer and so if there's less fruit on it there will be more sugar in the fruits that you have on the tree wow that's so interesting i love how plants work that's super cool yeah And there was also a study, I think it was like in 1961 or 1962, using nitrogen application, and they found that it improved the quantity of mangoes, but not the quality. Wow, okay. Um, So so yeah, your goal isn't to have a ton of mangoes then, right? Like you, you wouldn't want that? No, our goal is to get the best tasting ones and try to, you know, provide those to as many people as we can, but in a way that we're not compromising the flavor. Right, That's super cool. Okay, so now um, can you kind of get into, I want to talk about the varieties. So how around how many varieties of mangoes do we have here? And can you kind of get into some of them, like some of the main ones and their history and like their taste and textural differences yeah so if you're talking about worldwide probably upwards in the tens of thousands somewhere along that line and probably a lot of unknown ones because when people plant mango seeds they will get a new mango that will come up from it and a lot of people aren't aware of that because it's a sexual embryo and so when you plant the seed it uses the pollen from the parent and the embryo from the female parent and it creates you know a cross a hybrid so that's the biggest thing and that's how breeding has been done up to this point in mangoes the most classic florida varieties that you'd probably know are tommy atkins kit kent and something like hayden tommy kit kent 
Palmer are all used commercially and grown worldwide because they're big red mangoes. They're pretty sweet. I mean, you know, nothing special, but a bad mango beats no mango. So, you know, yeah, you have to do what you have to do. And those are all grown commercially. Has some disease problems with anthracnose. So I don't know of any commercial areas of it other than, you know, for local distribution. But the Hayden is really good. A lot of people don't like it because it has fiber. And here we have a lot of people that stray away from mangoes with fiber, which led to the production of all of these new special varieties that are fiberless and sweet and have all these different flavors. So a lot of the old Florida mangoes that were produced in like the 20s, 30s, and 40s were bred again and produced all these new ones that we have coming out now that were produced mainly by Gary Zill and my father. And they set up these breeding lines and planted out all the seeds. And that was probably decades of work. And now we have stuff like orange sherbet, pineapple pleasure, pina colada, sweet tart. And I could I could probably go on for 20 minutes about that. <laughs> and how many do you guys grow at the estate? We How many varieties? Yeah, we probably have close to 100, I want to say. Wow. Yeah. And we have a lot of our own varieties, too, that other people don't have. So we have our Celestial series, which is the really exciting one that we based on, you know, things in space. So like Martian Pride. Mercurial Marvel, Nectar of Neptune, Hubble. Name- yeah, I saw those. I saw those flavors on your Facebook, and I really wanted to try. I really want to try Nectar of Neptune because it just sounds like oh, yeah. so interesting. Those are those are amazing. <laughs> but we actually that's a really early one, and we ran out of it probably two or three weeks ago. Ah, oh, dang. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, so then, so the ones that, so those ones are specific to you all to your estate yeah we don't have any problem really of like you know it's not like we're hiding it and not giving it to people it's more that since our trees are based for fruit production Mm -hmm. removing budwood to sell to people or to give to people just sets us back because that just takes away one branch that could have had fruit on it and that's oh you guys do that you you give people the wood so they can like graft their own yeah we we don't do that right now we've thought about it but the problem is you know if we're if we want to have production on our trees usually the trees are used to remove budwood if they're doing it commercially don't they don't use to produce fruit because you just set yourself back and remove those branches and then you won't have fruit yeah yeah okay so it would affect your production yeah that makes sense yeah and so maybe you know sometime in the future we'll be able to but right now we're more focused on producing the fruit and and selling them out to people to you know have everyone be able to experience them yeah and um okay what is your personal favorite variety well my personal favorite um would probably be jahangir and that's an indian one that we don't our tree is still too small to have any fruit but they have one at the fruit and spice park that I was able to get a couple of. And it's a really old mango, you know, hundreds of years old. Actually was a mango selected by a Mughal emperor in India. Yeah, and it's a big round one that is green and it actually doesn't turn 
orange or yellow or anything on the outside and it's white flushed which is really cool because most mangoes you'll see are orange on the inside yeah and it's a really strong sweet indian flavor one of the problems with it is its sap is really caustic it burns you so we've had yeah we've had times where we pick one and the sap sprays and it gets on your face and you get burns on your face oh my god but you know wow it's worth it but it's worth it yeah (laughs) there was one i mentioned this actually in the last episode but there's one i tasted at the fruit and spice park once and it tasted like it tasted like carrots Mm -hmm. like the flavor tasted like the taste of carrots and it was crazy and I I wish I knew what it was called but my friends and I tried it and we were like this taste this taste is so familiar what is it and then yeah a few hours later we realized we're like it tastes like carrots but it was insane all that stuff all these new ones that they've been producing are really And the ones we have, too, they're all amazing. I mean, pina colada tastes exactly like pina colada. Really? Wow. Orange sherbet tastes like orange sherbet. There's one called orange essence, too, which is really excellent. We have one pineapple pleasure that we got this year. I've never tried it, but since we only got one, I'm going to eat it. We're not going to sell it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's I would love to try those crazy ones like that. I love pina coladas. So. Yeah, and then there's also one of the ones that we've had was uh, Castori, and it's actually not technically a mango. It's a wild mango, so it's a different hmm. species, and it comes from Borneo, and that one tastes just like lychees. It's really <gasps> cool. Oh, and, my gosh. Yeah, it's purple on the outside and bright orange on the inside. Whoa. And if you want to see i think craig hepworth did a post of it he's i think florida fruit geek on instagram and he got a box from us and because he wanted the castories and we had a few so we sent them over to him and he was just ecstatic i mean they're they'll blow anyone away oh my gosh that's so cool yeah it's it's just insane how how different the varieties are like some are just so smooth and some are like just the textures and the flavors and it's like you don't you won't even believe it unless you try one yeah unless you try like different like and compare them yeah those the different mango species the wild mangoes those are really they're really a trip if you want to try those i mean there's some that will taste great you know they'll taste like a little sweet and kind of tart mango if you eat it a day or two Mm -hmm. before it's ripe but if you let it ripen up it tastes just like petroleum oh my gosh (laughs) yeah but but they have a lot of disease resistance and stuff and so we reuse those to create some breeding lines and try to maybe get that into the ones we have here yeah because those genes will be beneficial for the for the breeding like for the future plants yeah yeah and you know any any kind of genetic diversity is good for breeding in the future when you get disease problems yeah that's that's really interesting okay so I know you guys touch hundreds, if not thousands of mangoes during mango season. So what what are your favorite ways to use use them in the kitchen and store them? Well, that would depend on the kind of mango. So yeah, we use, I mean, I'll eat probably three or four mangoes a day during mango season fresh. Love that. And then we'll use specific varieties that are good for eating green, like 
Kao Savoy or Kit is also really good for using as a green mango. Okay. I'll make green mango pickles with those. Yum. And you'll pickle them, you know, leave them in the jar with the pepper and make it nice and good. All our fruit that crack or, you know, we just consider not saleable because they're bruised or mm-hmm. they get overripe. We'll cut those up and hydrate them and make them into dried mangoes that we also sell. And that way we basically have zero waste. I mean, every once in a while we'll lose a mango to our dog. She'll end up (laughs) grabbing one and take it. But this year, I think we have thrown away zero mangoes up to date. It's been ridiculous. Yeah. Wow, that's great. Yeah, because that's something that... I worry about just because there's so many mangoes everywhere like during this time of year. I'm just thinking how so many of these must go bad because unless people are really doing a good job with freezing them or preserving them or or um, dehydrating them. But that's so refreshing to know that you guys are smart about you know preserving them because I mean a lot of people they have trees around their house and they just drop to the ground and they don't even touch them yeah yeah that's really sad to see we'll freeze a bunch of mango too and eat it throughout the year or a lot of what i use it for is making hot sauce yeah oh and you you all sell that too right yeah i do um we're actually we've been selling out every weekend i'll make like 30 bottles and people come and buy 30 it's been ridiculous but i have more bottles coming tomorrow to fill so i need to make more hot sauce tomorrow Oh my gosh. I need to wear a mask when I make it because I put so many peppers and everything. Yeah, and you can't touch your face. Yeah, no, definitely. (laughs) But the overripe mangoes are actually perfect for that because I don't know the exact chemistry or whatever of it, but I guess since there's so much stuff in there and that you're cooking it, you don't get that kind of like fermented overripe flavor. And so we'll use a lot of our overripe mangoes that will go bad and we'll freeze them or throw them in the hot sauce and if you know we're not making the hot sauce at that day we'll just freeze it and then unfreeze it and throw it in and that way we don't have to throw it away again wow yum i really want to try one of those maybe this weekend i'll come by and try one if they're not all sold out oh yeah you should i mean they're they i love i mean i'm not i make them so maybe i'm not the best person to tell you but i think they're amazing and what different like do you make different foot different kinds with different peppers like what different kinds are you making so right now uh i've just been kind of making the same recipe i posted it on our instagram but it's really hard to write the recipe because i don't measure anything out when i make it i just throw things in yeah but i mean for peppers i've been using ghost peppers habaneros scotch bonnets fish peppers tabasco peppers if i have them maybe some dado peppers I'll throw in some poblanos, uh, maybe a bell pepper or two just for fun. I try to throw in as many peppers as possible as I have. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That sounds so good. Um, and then it has, like, a little bit of sweetness to it. Yeah. It has it has a lot of flavor in it because I'll throw mango, mamey, passion fruit, oh, cherry. Uh, I might throw jackfruit in this one, too, because I have some. So. And, okay, so... Can you tell us a bit about what else you guys are selling there? Because you have all the different varieties of mangoes. You have the hot sauce, dehydrated mangoes. And what else are you guys offering? We also have honey. And honey is from our bees right back here in our yard. We don't know what specific 
type of honey it is because since bees usually forage in about a three mile radius from their hive and since we're not you know a six mile farm we yeah they could be going anywhere yeah so it kind of just is dependent on what they're foraging on at the moment but we sell the honey from them it's all raw we just throw it from the box into the jar so we don't do anything to it yeah and that's perfect because that never spoils i mean it'll never go bad it'll just crystallize if it gets hot enough but then you can just heat it up yeah yeah and then we also sell green mango pickles that i make with the kale savoy mango and i'll throw in a pepper or two in there to make it have a little bit of a spicy kick i used to make them way hotter but some people thought it was a little too (laughs) hot so I kind of try to make two batches now, one not as hot and one a lot hotter to make it more exciting. <laughs> they don't know what they're and, they don't know what they're getting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we do have eggs, but I don't even want to say that because we have about one dozen right now and every time we get another dozen someone will buy it oh okay yeah so kind of have eggs. yeah we used to have a backlog you know we used to have a good amount of eggs but when we opened in april when uh the coronavirus and everything hit we didn't have mangoes yet but we opened for honey and eggs and we sold out of eggs probably that day or the next day yeah that does not surprise me because there was like everyone was trying to get their hands on eggs at that time like they were sold out everywhere yeah i know it was it was tough because i wanted to just yeah eat some eggs but we just didn't <laughs> have couldn't. it anyway um and okay so i kind of wanted you to get into um i don't want to get into the covid crisis too much just because i feel like people are sick of hearing about it yeah but definitely. um i kind of want you to share what you guys have been doing to make sure you're getting your mangoes and your other products out to people and how people can access everything that you guys are offering yeah so we when it first happened we were a little worried because previous years what we would do is we'd set up on our in our carport and we'd have the table there and we'd have tastings and just anyone that shows up you know we'll cut up all these different varieties and let them try them yeah and then they could pick through and kind of make up your own custom box but now the problem is with that you know we want to avoid the physical contact and make sure everyone stays safe so we pre-pack the boxes and do variety boxes and we'll set up at the front of our driveway so people will drive up on the street i mean we'll wear masks so we don't have any problem people will park come walk out take a look at the box if they want and then they'll pick them up and take them to their car and then we have all the hot sauce and pickles and everything like that and the dried mangoes and the honey but we do have people that prefer to stay in their car so I've had it where they'll drive up and I'll go and just put the box in their trunk and then they either you know pay us electronically or like crack open their window and hand out some cash yeah like super sketchy (laughs) yeah someone gave it to me in a plastic bag I was a little worried (laughs) oh my god yeah but for the in terms of how it's affected us I mean It's just had to change the way we deliver our products, if you want to say it like that. But in terms of people coming, I don't think we've had so many people show up since we've started. I mean, you know, in previous years, we'd have some leftover fruit over the weekend 
and we have a lot to make dried mangoes, but we're struggling now to keep up with the dried wow, mangoes. Wow, that's great. Yeah, because we'll sell out probably every Saturday nowadays. Wow, that's that's amazing to hear because I think with this podcast, what I'm trying to do is like I don't want I mean, of course during the COVID crisis, I I don't want people to be sitting in their homes or apartments all day every day and kind of in their own little worlds and in their own routines and forgetting that it's mango season and forgetting that it's tropical fruit season and just like not taking advantage of it. So I'm trying to remind everyone this is such a cool time to be living in Miami and we should really be taking advantage of this time. And at least it it might bring some joy to people's boring like daily routines that we've all been having to do but I just don't want it to be like fall and then tropical fruit season is over and and then nobody was able to experience it yeah for sure so yeah it's good that you guys are I'm glad to hear that you guys are still pushing those out and getting them to people yeah it's been going great and I mean the other thing I forgot to mention with the dried mangoes was we use all our fruit that drop on the ground because even though a fruit that drops on the ground is usually still you know it's good to eat I mean we don't spray anything so it's not like it's bad or anything but all the boxes we send to people we don't like to I mean we not even that we don't like we don't put fruit that have touched the ground just because those fruit are usually bruised yeah. and it's just a better standard the, you'll have better quality fruit that you pick off the tree than you'll get off the ground. Okay. So we'll dehydrate the fruit that drop oh, on the ground. Oh, okay. Too. So you're really not even wasting those. No. I mean, I the the worst mangoes that completely fall apart and you can't even dehydrate, the dogs will get too. So. Yeah, there you go. So every bit is used. Yeah, it, when I went to the Fruit and Spice Park, it was a couple of years ago at this point, but they only allow you to eat was dropped on the ground so that's all we were eating and they were they were all amazing yeah and that's not a i mean that's great to do also because i believe there they don't uh you don't pay for those right you can just yeah you can just pick yeah yeah and that's wonderful i mean everyone gets to have mangoes and we just don't like to charge people for something to hit the ground right yeah in the chance that it was bruised and it may not be as good so you guys are selling the variety boxes can people opt to have it be all one variety if they wanted to or no or it's all like everyone gets the variety box yeah it kind of depends on our supply for this weekend the only one we can do single boxes of is malika because we have just a ton of them yeah and we used to do it in prior years where we'd have single variety boxes but now it's just with the amount of demand we've had, we basically just do a variety box for everyone, unless on certain weeks we have a huge surplus of one variety, but we really haven't had that up to this point. And I don't see us having that for uh, another variety other than maybe yeah, Malika's. At least this season. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. For this okay. season, definitely not. Yeah. Okay. And lastly, where are you guys you guys are in homestead where can people find where you guys are and how they can go about getting a box from you guys yeah so our the place where we actually have everything is facebook funny enough we don't even have a website (laughs) Um, yeah i i noticed i was like how do i reach out to them yeah we keep it pretty 
primitive in that sense. Simple, we use yeah. Facebook and email. That's it. I mean, we, Love it. yeah, we're just a family business. So it's, we don't have any employees. It's just our family working on it. So we do Facebook is the best place. And that's where we post the information about what we'll have available for pickup on the weekend and all that information. And then our email is used for shipping mostly. So that's where we'll contact people and we ship anywhere in the United States other than California because we're not allowed to ship oh, to California. That's interesting. Yeah, there's a they have Caribbean fruit fly and we have it here. So there's oh, yeah, so... USDA restrictions. Oh well, interesting. Okay. So good to know. Okay, well, Tiago, thank you so so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I can't wait to get this info out there to everyone so they could learn something and hopefully their taste buds will be stimulated and they'll want to go out and feel adventurous and taste some different varieties of mangoes. Yeah, no problem. I mean, I'm always happy to talk about mangoes, so that's (laughs) not an issue for me. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, Tiago. Well, thanks so much. No problem. Have a good day. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. That's our show. Feel free to subscribe and leave comments below. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you back here next time.